Weekly Fantasy Roundup, hosted by Andrew Skinner and Aaron Bishop. Welcome back to another fun, exciting, fact-devoid episode of the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Skinner, joined by my co-host, Mr. Aaron Bishop. What's going on, champ? Oh, this is it. Same shit, different day. You look pretty <laughs> uh, relaxed there. You're living the dream, as they say. Yes, I'm going to lie down in the bed today and relax and record the podcast in style. <laughs> nice. Maybe yes. uh, maybe next time I'll like go to the gym and record from the hot tub or something. <laughs> there you Take go. it up a notch. I see <laughs> your relaxed pose in your bed, and I raise you a podcast recorded from the hot tub. And then we just like, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I raise you. And then you're like on a beach in Hawaii somewhere. And we're just constantly trying to outdo one another till one of us is recording from the International Space Station. It's like, top this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck. Anyway, how, uh, how was your weekend? It was a good weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't really do a whole lot. Just relaxed for once. Nothing wrong with that, man. Not I don't know what it's now. like to have a busy weekend. I don't do, I don't do fuck all, man. Fridays, edit, Saturdays, home with the kids, play a bit of hockey Saturday night. Other than that, watch football, not a whole lot. So, Although I couldn't I, really do a lot. The weather has been absolute shit. My really? God. Oh my man, it's been snowing ever since. Today's the first day since November 1st that hasn't snowed. Really? Yeah. Uh, and it's wow. been minus 17, minus 17 and minus 23. The entire time it's just like fuck me so wow that shocks me we are in the yeah. polar opposite here i thought i was being a good buy this year i got my winter tires put on early three days in a row after i got my winter tires put on 14 16 and 13 degrees oh my god yeah i was out shoving the walkway and bernie was seeing he was out having patio beers 22 degrees where does uh <laughs> where does bernie live london ontario oh well mm-hmm. yeah i uh Jeez, man, that sucks for Alberta. Fuck. Yeah. Listen, man, global warming keeps going like this. And Newfoundland is going to be the tropical vacation destination. You're going to be selling Newfoundland travel packages on heaveaway.com. We're going to. That's that's one of the plans. That is one of the plans. Wow. Yep. Well, if the weather keeps up like this, you'll be able to advertise it as a resort location. Absolutely. So I don't know what's going on, but like I said, I was like, I'm going to be proactive. Usually I'm one of those guys that just puts it off, waits for the first snowfall, has to have an awkward drive home from wherever I am, scrambles to get my tires put on. Not this year. November 2nd, had them on like a goodbye. And we have had borderline summer weather since. Yeah, I wish I put my tires on because holy Jesus, the highway is a death trap. And you still don't have your summer tires on. Or your winter tires on. All seasons. Man, you're from Newfoundland. You know that all seasons don't cut it in the winter. (laughs) There's no such thing as all seasons. All seasons here equal summer tires, and winter tires are winter tires here. There's no such thing as an all season for the winter. Maybe in in Las Vegas somewhere. Not here. I don't know about Alberta. Jesus, sounds like you guys got fucking, you guys are in like the Arctic somewhere. Six days of snow in a row? Yeah, unheard of. We've had more snow this year than already than we've had all of last year combined. It's fucked. I don't get it. Wow. I know we're usually late to get our snow. 
our snow comes like usually mid to late December. Not uncommon to have a green Christmas here, but the bulk of our winters are like January to like mid to late March. Last winter, man, was mild as shit. I might have used the God, I think I might have used the snowblower like six times, maybe. So I'm hoping that trend continues because I fucking hate winter. So, I mean, what what do you like about winter? You got to fucking shovel or clear your driveway. NFL season's basically over in the heart of winter. I mean, you got nothing at that point. So, anyway, yeah, let's get into some some football news. I was reading up about uh, division rival. Rival, the Indianapolis Colts. What a (laughs) fucking train wreck that franchise is. They just named Jeff Saturday their new interim coach. And the owner was in the... It was in the press conference like, yeah, really like Jeff Colts legend. Like, hey, no doubt, Jeff Saturday. He was a center for the Colts for a very long time. Very, you know, one of the uh, more respected members of the uh, Colts ring of honor. As I say, yeah, he's in the ring of honor. Yeah. Yeah, he is. But I mean, what's that going to translate to as an NFL coach? Who knows, man? And the owner's like, (laughs) did he get to the final? (laughs) <laughs> no, they're no, they're gonna lose out. They might beat the Jags if they play them again, but I don't get it. And the owner was like, "The thing we like the most about Jeff is that he's got no experience at all." They're like that's kind of an odd flex. <laughs> the NFL pal, this isn't your high school football team. Like, ah, let's throw Billy from across the street in as coach. What? What could go wrong? Right. It's a fucking NFL, dude. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah. Here's how's this priority. So <laughs> just a couple of weeks ago, Jeff Saturday was working as an analyst with ESPN and Jeff Saturday came right out and was like, the Raiders suck. Like the Raiders are shit. His first game as the head coach Colts Gets Raiders. <laughs> you can't fucking it. make that shit up. It's like Deshaun Watson coming back from his suspension. First game. In two years against the Texans in Houston. What are the chances? I know Ryan, God love Ryan. Ryan likes to sometimes push an narrative that the NFL is rigged. It's moments mm-hmm. like this that you're like, eh, yeah, maybe. maybe just a little, yeah. Wish mark. So, anyway, lots of uh, fun, exciting stuff to talk about in the show this week. As always, yes, another fun installment of Bishop's Corner coming at you now momentarily. Let me get him with the shirt of the week. A couple of real good candidates for the shirt this week. I'm anxious to hear who you selected for your shirt. Let me get into a little TBLC talk. Uh, we had a real interesting week, including not one, not two, but three managers who decided to take the penalty for not setting a full lineup. We'll get into that in detail yeah. this week. Can't wait to dive into that. And then finally, we move on to the guillotine league where despite your best effort, you could not will it to be that Cam was eliminated. It's also noteworthy that we're down to the final 10 teams in the guillotine league. I took the time to bring up the history of the 10 remaining teams and see how they've done compared to how they've done in previous seasons. So something worth noting there. But anyway, as always, we got a lot of fun 
shit to unpack in the world of fantasy football. So let's get right into it, baby. Bish's Corner. Bish's Corner. Okay, Bish's Corner, week four. Time is flying. Got a couple headlines myself I'd like to bring up just very quickly. The Astros win the World Series this week. How about that? I mean, oh, the thumbs down from Skinner. Fuck the Astros. I had Fuck money the on the Phillies in six. The Phillies to win the series and Harper to win the MVP. Oh, for three. Wow. It is wow. noteworthy that I specifically used the $50 that I got from you against the Jays to pay for those bets. So as disappointed as I am with the loss of those three wagers, I do appreciate you supporting my gambling habits, sir. Thank you. No worries. No worries. <laughs> Don't mind free roll on you. <laughs> oh, speaking of money, though, and bets, Mattress Mac. How about Mattress Mac? $75 million. Holy fucking shit. Yep. Good for him. I don't know who this Mattress Mac guy is. Apparently some kind of like poker becker or something. I just assumed he was a mattress salesman. I don't know. What a name, have... Mattress Mac. Right? Also, He's like the headline, guy. the headline specifically read, largest legal sports gambling payout of all time. Yeah. Like, okay, a bit of a weird flex there. Like, I'll, fuck the legal. I want to hear about the largest illegal payouts. How much money yeah. are people winning here? Let's go. Yeah. Insane. Insane. Good yep. for him. Shout out 10 million to win 75 million. Just smash. Smash. Yeah. Yeah. Dude looks like he's been a billion years old, though. So I don't know how long he's going to be around to enjoy that. But hey. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's going to be here how much longer to enjoy it. And it's probably going to be his grandkids, grandkids, grandkids' money. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the family is taken care of for many generations. Fuck. That's generations. a fucking, that's a fucking Lotto Max win here, man. Way to go, dude. Mm-hmm. Shout Absolutely. out Mattress Mac on the big win. Let's get on. How about the upcoming free agency of baseball? Oh my God. So DeGrom apparently is linked to the Braves, the Rangers, and the Mets. Kershaw. Did he go back to the Mets? No, I don't think he's going back to the Mets. I don't think Not so sure. either. You don't test free agency only to sign with the team you just played with. Not a fucking chance. I'd say Braves are a good uh, good shot. That would, I mean, their rotation is already terrifying with uh, Spencer Strider and uh, Kyle. What's his fucking name? Is it Kyle Wright? Kyle right, Wright. Yeah, I think yeah. Like you put fucking Degrom in there. Fuck, they might not yeah. lose a game. Christ. And they get the Calgary kid in there too, right? What's his name? Uh, Canadian pitcher. He's really good. I can't remember his name on top of my tongue. But anyway, he's really good. He was injured this year, I think, for the most part. Yes, he was. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So imagine, yeah, that's stack team stack. Yeah. Well, I dropped the uh, I dropped the picture in our baseball group chat of all the Yankees that declare for free agency. Oh, Fuck. oh goddamn team. Yeah. Holy shit. Not hell judge returns to the Yankees either. Not you don't think so, hey? I thought I thought for sure he's going back to the Yankees. The Yankees are not ones to lose high-profile guys in free agency. They're the ones to fucking bring him in. 
I cannot I fathom fans, Judge not playing for the Yankees. I'd be shocked. Fans booed him. He unfollowed him on Instagram. Oh, in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I'd be routed too. Fuck that. I mean, I guess so, man. But you think maybe dude just was kind of homered out, like probably just a little tired. Hey, guys, I've been carrying this team the whole well, goddamn season. I'm tired. Season. So that'll be interesting to see where that goes this year. Time will tell. Um, McJesus, McDavid, 13 goals in 13 games. What a start for him. Wow. Pretty Love good. Yes, sir. Too, bad he, too bad he plays for Edmonton. He'll never get past the conference finals, but <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is, yeah. Oh my! But anyway, that, that's uh, some of the headlines this week. Let's uh, let's move on to some halftime heat, shall we? Take off your lance and jacket. Got a huge win this week over just here to gamble by a score of one seventy four to one thirty one. Matt Conway had big weeks from Adams and Walker to propel him to victory, while Megan was bogged down by Ceh. More to come on him later. Tanyan and Davis. With the win, Matt improves to three and six, while our resident queen of the fantasy leagues drops to four and five. Next, the ultra magnetic MCs edged out the not can Cove Cowboys by a score of 125 to 122. Poor Darren made the mistake of playing Bobby Trash Trees instead of literally playing anybody else on the waiver wire and lost as a result. The poor guy cannot catch a break and is now one and eight. Throw some trade offers out there, buddy. Next, we have Sloppy Fries. He defeated myself, no soup for you, by a score of 153 to 136. Hertz, Jefferson, and Kelsey are not enough, it seems, as I keep on losing. Despite leaving Justin Fields and his 56 points on the bench, Colin had big weeks from Eckler, Palmer, and the Chiefs D to take the win. He improves the seven and two while I fall the two and seven. Everybody on my team is available. Get at me. And Skinner has already sent me a trade offer. So is Cam. We should go over these in a few minutes. Yes. <laughs> yes, we should. All right. Um, let's see. We have a co-fisting. And you're on the back end of it, my friend. The juice is loose. How is this a fisting? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna fist in. This is not a fisting, okay? I would have beaten fucking over half this fucking league. Would have. I would have. Yep. I would have mentioned that. Fucking (laughs) believable. Shout out to Gary Nolan in his 183 this week. His 208 last week. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, Nolan's going to improve to seven and two this week while you, my friend, dropped to six and three. In the fisting of the week, the main fisting, two girls, one cup. Defeated, clever team name, 205 to 128. Holy fuck. Patrick Mahomes, 63 points. That earns himself the quarterback sneak of the week. And himself, Waddle Kirk and the Jesus fuck Patriots D, 45 points this week. Blasted teams, Steve's team into oblivion. Uh, Steve, does he need to be worried about Amon Ra? I think so. Uh, with the win. Cam improves to four and five. Steve drops to five and four. Uh, As Bishop mentioned earlier in Bishop's corner, he's basically put his whole team on the block in halftime heat. 
and he's got a couple of trade offers that he's going to evaluate live on the show. Not really live, but as we record. So why don't you take a look, see at those now? Okay, what do I got here, huh? Let's see. Oh, Matthew proposed a trade, a new one. Three offers go over. That is exciting. Yeah, some offers here. Okay, so Matt Conway. Sorry if if, uh, I offend you by reading out your trade offers out loud on the air, Matt, but it is what it is. (laughs) You uh, hold on, not to to slow you down there. You changed your team name in the wrong pool. Oh, did I? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> you know it, it's it works for both it works for both i'm just going to change both that's amazing <laughs> well <laughs> that's fucking amazing uh let's see he is offering me matthew stafford kyle pitts and damian pierce for travis kelsey and jalen hurts that is a smash matthew stafford that's a smasher jack, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> in a 10-team league, Matthew Stafford should be on waivers. Yeah, no, that's not Thumbs happening. Thumbs down. No. Ah, here's from Andrew. Here we go. So I would receive the Tampa Bay Bucks defense, Alvin Kamara, and Dallas Goddard, number four ranked tight end. Are you kidding me? Wow. Dallas Goddard having a year. My biggest thing for this offer is that I don't want two pass catchers on the same team. And I looked at this offer and said, he's got Jalen Hurts, little Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard stack. They've had their buy. I don't know. Just put it out there. Yeah. No, and you're, uh, you want the Buffalo Bills defense, Travis Kelsey. And, and the Leonard corpse Fournette. of Leonard Fournette. Bro, I kind of like this trade. <laughs> it's a good offer. I'm not going to smash eject this one. I'm putting if this, this trade on. was prior to week six, like I know you look at the points and Fournette's got way more points on the year than Kamara, but Fournette week six, like from weeks one to six and Fournette weeks seven, eight, nine, two different fucking players, man. Yeah, no, I agree. So I would be taking a massive hit at running back. That's but I would get a promotion at tight end and I would get. I like I said, I need to diversify my Eagles pass catchers. I love me some Jalen Hurts. Not entirely comfortable starting two pass catchers on what is still a run heavy offense. So I think that some weeks that could end up hurting me. So I want to move one of those out. Fair enough. And let's see what Mr. Cameron Stoyle sent me. What do you think? Rape or not rape? (laughs) The fucking lube here. (laughs) not going to ask the question but, but uh, let's see delvin cook george kittle christian kirk and michael pittman for travis kelsey james connor and justin jefferson interesting very interesting connor's an interesting throw in there but it's your two best players Who's he offering again? Pittman? Pittman, Christian Kirk, who's ranked number 10 wide receiver, George Kittle, and Dalvin Cook. Hmm, interesting. It's not a bad offer. It's not a bad offer. For no. a cam offer, that is For a cam offer. That is no, legit. That's pretty decent. Put away the lube. No lube required for that one. <laughs> but you know what? With your trade, 
I still keep Justin Jefferson. That is why I thought about trying to mix Jefferson in there because I was like, but I wasn't comfortable um, moving AJ. I, th- I thought like I want, you know, and I didn't think you'd want two pass catchers. Like I didn't think you would want to have Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard. It's a lot of feast or famine. You know what? I like your offer, bud. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smash accept. Boom. Whoa. Boom. trades right on the podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That was fun. That trade was right, fun. right on the show. A trade you proposed to another scheduled loss has been accepted in halftime. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> oh, I love that you changed your team name in the wrong league. You're like, fuck it. It applies here, too. <laughs> Amazing. Well done. Uh, between the pipes week four featured some really good matchups as four of the five matchups were either six to five or six to four scribby d in the beaver pelts uh, leams left side and no soup for you all defeated no pucking around on mcleod nine and the nick chiefs six to four while two sticks one puck defeated the cove canadians six to five but in the fisting of the week, it was anything but close. The fantasy king fisted the fucking shit at a just one before I die by a score of 10 to 1. Jesus. John either led the league or is at the very top in every single category this week, except for plus or minus. Uh, outside of the goals, which were separated by one, it was just a total beatdown by what is consistently a top team every year from the fantasy king. Uh, no spicy waiver pickups or major injuries to report this week. XF BBL action. We have Jamie's fantastic team defeating Bish's high FAP percentage by a score of seven to six. Each manager dominated in the categories they won, but in the end, Jamie sneaked out the victory. Normally I'd cheer for Bernie and wish him well, but not in this league. Good job, Jamie. Next. Daddy Pool defeated myself, no soup for you, by a score of 8-5. to Category-wise, this was a bit more competitive than the previous matchup, but I came up short, as is the trend these days in every single league I'm in, it seems. Andrew had big weeks from Towns, Davis, and Ingram, and out of the gate seems to be one of the teams to keep an eye on this season. Me, not so much. The Cove Cowboys defeated Dam Adebayo by a score of 8-4. to Ante Kumpo, Shai Gilgers, Alexander, and Kelly Olinick are the only reason why Cam's team isn't in last place right now and should be thanking his lucky stars that he was actually facing the last place team this week. Uh, Spidey Cakes defeated Foxy Lady 7-6. Very good matchup between Pat and Megan as everything was pretty close. Pat has a solid team. Scotty Burns, wow, what the fuck, ranked 36 so far. Booker and Brown, Buddy Healed. Jesus, really good-looking squad. Megan has a couple small injuries in her lineup, but it shouldn't hold her down too much. The Fantasy King defeated Shogun Masters uh, by a score of 9-4. to Big win for John, although he did lose James Harden and Pascal Siakam to injury while he has that Kyrie Irving bullshit to deal with. This could be a huge blow to a great team, on paper at least. Spencer's team is healthy. They just couldn't keep up this week. I like Spencer's team a lot, and I think they're just going to get warmed up soon. They're just not there yet. But when this team starts peaking, look the fuck out. And the fisting of the week, kick punchers, fisted, team, injured, 
out game time decision by a score of 12 to 1. Fuck. Steals and three-pointers were close, but yeah, nothing else was as our defending champ just went apeshit over Matt Conway. You can go through Rodney's team and there's no weak spot. If I had to pick three out of the four final teams for playoffs this year, Rodney would be my number one pick along with Spencer and John King. Matt, it might be time to start thinking of making some changes, buddy. Next up, how about the bet the mortgage pick of the week? <laughs> I think that deserves its own drop at this point. I think it does too, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to have to commandeer banks of skills again to get them on a uh, bet the mortgage gambling pick of the week. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm just going to bring up here, see if I can get the up-to-date odds. Well, before you go into um, this week's pick, how about you tell us how last week's pick would have went? Oh. Would we have lost our mortgage or would we have acquired another home? Oh, we would have lost a mortgage last week, buddy. <laughs> uh, we have one person out there trying to be his own personal uh, mattress Mac, Bernie, throwing down $150 on Fish's Picks of the Week. And the fucking Buffalo Bills were up by 11. And then what the fuck happened? What the fuck happened? I thought that was a big line at home. Against a division rival. Oh, man. Competent Jets defense. Not only did they not cover, they lost. What the fuck? Yeah. Shocked. Absolutely shocked. That shocked me. I did not see that coming. Your other pick was good, though, was it not? I picked the Vikings to cover the spread, and they did not. Oh, over. They won, but they did not cover the spread. No. All right, who are we uh, betting the mortgage on this week? I am loving Miami Dolphins over Cleveland Browns. I'm just going to pick them straight up because fuck the spread. <laughs> Let's see if I can hop on board with this one. Miami at home to Cleveland. Cleveland coming off a bye will be well rested. Miami's defense fucking blows. Uh, Nick Chubb going to run wild. Tua might run wild. Uh, the Dolphins are very good, though. And I think the Browns only really have like one shutdown corner. So either Ty, I'd say Jalen Waddle is going to have a game. I can get behind yeah. this Dolphins straight up for whatever that's paying. I think minus I think minus four is a bit much. I feel like this can easily be a field goal game. So I'm with you. Dolphins straight up, bet the mortgage or whatever you feel comfortable with. Please play responsibly. To quote the ALC, know your limit. Stay within it. You're the man. (laughs) (laughs) So good. (laughs) Hey, it's their slogan. I'm just ripping them off. All right. Anything else for tournament? Yeah, that's it. Nice. Another great installment, as always. Well done, sir. I like the uh, little addition of the news. Maybe some things that I would otherwise glossed over. I tend to only cover news specific to the sport we're in. You know, if it's baseball season, I'll go baseball, football, whatever. So it's nice mm-hmm. of you to bring uh, some headlines from other sports. So well done. Business Corner evolving every week. Yes, sir. <laughs> I love to see it. 
Okay, let's move on to some poopy pants action. Shart of the week. I don't know who. I love hearing that music in my theme song or theme song in my head. Shirt of the week. It's so good. I can hear it too, babe. Who went first last week? Do you recall? I don't know, but you can go first if you want. Yeah, I think I picked Bobby Trees. I think you picked. Um, dear Carr and the whole Raiders, and then I went Bobby Trace. Yeah, okay. So I usually try to draw parallels between the decapitated team and the closest losing match at TBLC, but I didn't find any relevant parallels this week. So I decided to instead focus on the closest margin of victory or defeat, depending on how you look at it. TBLC, I went to one team dinner and selected. Tight end, air quotes, from the uh, New Orleans Saints, won Taysom Hill. Big fat 1.12 points. Taysom Hill's 1.12 consisted of one for one passing, so 100% passing percentage. You love to see it. For 13 yards and one carry for six yards. I respect the fact, I really respect the fact that team dinner, Chatham, Got their balls, the gumption. I mean, they got where most of us managers in TBLC only have two balls behind our decisions. These guys got four balls and they're using them all to fucking put together their gumption to be like, taste a mill. Not only did they go taste mill, they started two tight ends. Who the fuck does that? Don't know. Anyway, them decided to start two tight ends. One of them named Taysom Hill. Cost him their week as his matchup, their matchup rather, was decided by exactly three points. Look, I get the appeal with Taysom Hill. He's had those big explosion games. But let's remember that Alvin Kamara was coming back from injury and Andy Dalton was not named the starter at the beginning of the season. Okay. It was Jameis. So when Dalton came in, he was kind of wishy washy with the offense. And Kamara was still nursing his way back from an injury. So Taysom was more relied on. He was getting more snaps, more gadget plays. Now, really, Taysom just comes up there as a distraction. And he's got a really high ceiling for fantasy. If one of those LOL gadget plays goes to the house, great. But Taysom Hill on more weeks than not is going to fucking sink your week just like this. So, yeah, absolutely. Taysom Hill. New Orleans Saints tight end slash QB slash gadget player. Shared of the week for me. <laughs> yeah, really gross one, too. You hate to see your matchup be decided by starting Taysom fucking Hill. Yep. Go ahead, sir. Who is your uh, shirt? This week, I'm going to throw CEH. Oh, Clyde Edwards. Yeah. Only four rush attempts for five yards. Caught one of his two targets. I mean, what the fuck? I man, I I hate being right. I feel like I'm only right when there's despair at the end of my analysis. And I was <laughs> certain when you traded for Clyde Evers, just the uh, hilarious that it was a yeah. mistake. I was like, don't do this, friend. This disaster. 
waiting to happen. Right. Oh right my tree. god, it's a train wreck. Yeah, it was. I should have listened, but like you know, when I traded for him, he had 19 attempts the previous week. Yeah, since then it's been nine, nine, six, and four. <laughs> yep. He hasn't broken like oh my god, he had 2.9 points last week. Like that's he hasn't it's broken awful. 10 points in like over a month. Oh my god, yeah, it's it's horrible. He's a running back on a team that scores over 30 points a week. You think yeah. they would be producing? You think a guy like Alaire would be producing? But the reality is that the Chiefs are the Bills, basically. And it's just throw, 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 throw. Patrick Mahomes had 68 passing attempts against the Titans. 68. Mm-hmm. I mean, his arm, part of his arm is still out on the fucking field somewhere. It's fucking... <laughs> Crazy man, these past attempts. I mean, you're talking about putting pitchers on a pitch count so their arms don't fall off mid-game. What's gonna happen? To these fucking quarterbacks, man. You can't throw that ball fucking 60 odd times and assume your arm is still gonna be there at the end of the game. The Chiefs are basically the Bills at this point. You say you're upset about Clyde Edwards Lair and his four carries for five yards. I'll have you know that that tied for the team lead in rushing yards. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, four carries, five yards. Isaiah Pacheco, five carries, five yards. Jarek McKinnon, three carries, four yards. And M. Burton, don't even know the fuck that is, one carry for zero yards. Their leading rusher was Patrick Mahomes, six carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. The Chiefs running back room, much like the Bills, is dead. You cannot trust Devin Singletary in any games. And I'm sorry to say, sir, your investment in Clyde Ebbs or Lair is dead. RIP, because you are getting no returns on Clyde Ebbs Lair. He is at best a emergency. Oh shit, one of my guys just got injured and I can't find anything on the wire replacement at this point. So, which is why I traded him. You did trade him somehow. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that trade. Mm-hmm. You might be excited about that, but I'm not so sure. We will break that down. So my shirt of the week won Taysom Hill, New Orleans Saints tight end, and your shirt of the week, um, Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Let's move on now to TBLC and what went down in week nine. TBLC. Now, let's start with our matchup. Now, if you're in front of your computer, I'd like it if you could take the time to open up your team page. Because as I recall, I can do that. Hold on. I'm just going to spring the punishment from our wager on you during the recording. Not going to let you. Not going to let you process that. You get to process this on the fly. <laughs> I had a lot of good ideas for this. Okay. I even went to Cam. I said, Cam, I'm, I want to come up with a name that like borderline makes Bishop uncomfortable. Like, oh, no. where, like every time he logs into his team, like I want him to cringe. And we came up with a couple ideas and I was like, okay, I can't do that. But I did come up with something. So I think the name 
and we're going to go with for your new teammate is another scheduled loss. And I okay. want you to change your image to an L. Letter <laughs> L. Fair I enough. think that's pretty tame. I uh, thought about it. You know, I was expecting a lot worse. Yeah, I, I don't have any. I thought about back to the baseball pool when Cam made you Cam's bottom bitch. But I just I just don't have any me, man. I'm getting old. I'm getting soft. So I thought about I wanted to tie into, you know, our newfangled relationship here on the podcast. And you talk about how, oh, just another scheduled loss for me. Well, now you can be another scheduled loss for the rest of the season. Fair enough. <laughs> That's hard to argue with it. <laughs> Fair hard to argue with it at this point. And the results speak for themselves because, shocker, your team didn't break 100 again. Again. Maybe I should have went with the suggestion that I had last week. No 100 points for you because, God damn. Oh, my God. We're talking full roster, full PPR, like three wide receivers, flex, two running backs, tight end. Kicker, defense, QB, and you could not break 100 points again. Again. I mean, if this, if your team continues on this trajectory, we're, we might be looking at one of the lowest scoring teams of all time. This, this is something. Yeah. So the results were I blasted you by score 131 to 95. My 131 highlighted by Lamar Jackson, 19, Josh Jacobs, 12, Romandre the Giant, 16, Al Lazard, hey, oh, 19 points, AJ Brown, 16, Justin Jefferson, 26, Isaiah Likely, nine points, Robert Woods, shirt of the week. <laughs> if I lost, might have gave him the old double dip. He was an emergency start for me when I saw. That Keenan Allen, that fucking band-aid was out again. So I said, fuck it, plus matchup against KC. I thought KC was going to really give it to us. Um, I was actually surprised to see the Titans hang with the big boys considering we got no wide receivers and Tannehill was out. So, Mm -hmm. um, But in any event, Robert Woods let me down yet again. Uh, But it didn't matter because I beat the fuck out of you by Mass Not Great, 31-5, and 36 points. I use this term highlighted very loosely. So I will say that your 95 points consisted of Justin Herbert, 14. I mean, my God, man, you got less than nine points combined out of your two running backs. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hey, Curtis Samuel, 17. And Curtis Samuel only got you 17. Did you see that play? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay, so Taylor Haneke, being the mutiny, is throws it into fucking triple coverage. One of the defenders for the Vikings is going to play the ball, fucking smashes the ref. Ref takes him out, no. and then and then Samuel catches the ball on this botched play because everyone's like, "What the fuck?" The ref took him out, and he like catches it, goes down, and then like rolls, double rolls himself into the end zone for the weirdest touchdown I've seen in a very long time. You need to go watch it. I do, yeah. I said, buddy, if this decides my match, I'm going to be mad. Turns, <laughs> turns out that was not the case. But in any event, it was one of the funnier touchdowns of the year. Uh, yeah, that's that's all I can really highlight. Uh, you know, Rondale Moore got you 15 points. That's nice. 
good mm-hmm. uh, good little start. He might prove to be a uh, a worthy wide receiver three slash flex option rest of the season. Um, yeah, maybe not when Hollywood Brown comes back. Um, but until Hollywood comes back, certainly a guy you can put your lineup every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, well, you know, <laughs> well, uh, at least you had the wherewithal to be like, yep, this team blows as is got to blow it up and you did blow it up and we can get into the trades in a little bit. So with the decisive win, I got off the schneid and improved to five and four. And with the decisive loss, you stayed on the schneid, fell to four and five, lost your fourth in a row, and lost your team name. <laughs> so turned first and smashed another scheduled loss. You'll love to see it. Uh, do we? <laughs> Can't wait to see that big fucking L as your team profile picture. So if it's any consolation, I know part of the caveat I put in for our side bet last week was that in the event that one of our teams does in fact go on to win the league after losing that, that had to become their permanent team name. There's about a 0% chance of you making this your permanent team name. So at least there's that. (laughs) If Swift comes, if Swift can get healthy, it might be a really good trade for me, man. I'm telling you, but (laughs) he's got to be healthy. That's the thing, right? He's got to be healthy. Swift, said, we'll get into that later on. Yeah. Swift has got a very high ceiling when healthy, but I don't know, man. Let's just say I got two shares of Jamal Williams in your pool and another pool. I'm real happy I got him on my team because I feel like Jay Willie is going to be the guy um, to own in the Lions backfield going forward, especially if the Lions continue to lose games. There's no reason. What I mean, yes, he beat the Packers last week. Fuck the Packers look dead. They're still two and six lines are going to lose a lot of games. If they go down to like, you know, two and nine, two and 10, like why would they put out their franchise running back for the next, you know, five, six plus years? Like it seems like that investment's not going to pay off, but it might time will tell. All right, let's move on to the next matchup guy with a Skinner tattoo. Holy fuck. Joel Bryant got a win and it was a decisive one as he put up the high score of the week. Joel smashed football team by score 161 to 138. Joel's 161 highlighted by Trevor Lawrence, 19. Kenneth Walker, oh my God, 28. Not to be outdone by newly acquired Devontae Adams, 37. Oh my God. Dallas Goddard, 24. Bucks D, 14. Nick Folk, 17 points. Wow. Aaron Bishop likes this. <laughs> Jesus. It's ironic that Joel had the high score of the week with basically, you got a goose egg from Elijah Moore. Kyle Pitts continues to suck. Raheem Mostert, I mean, it was lucky to fall into the end zone. Jeff Wilson looks like they're running back to suddenly own in Miami, so that looks like a piece he may not be able to use going forward. But he did have... Dak, McCaffrey, and Sutton on a bye. So, yep. this was a huge win for Joel. Joel fell two and seven. His season was all but over. Uh, but with the win to bring him three and six, it's not a pretty record, but he is currently one game back of a playoff spot. And Joel has the decisive edge in points four, which is the primary uh, tiebreaker for TBLC. The last couple of trades Joel made, man, I got to applaud him. 
tip the cap, great trades, turn the season around, look the fuck out for Joel from here on out. Yep. It all started when he basically just spent all his web, $86 on Kenneth Walker. Just like that was right after the fucking meltdown happened. And he basically bought Kenneth Walker for all those web dollars as a giant middle finger to the league. And holy shit, that could not have paid off more than it for him. Yep. Kenneth Walker is going to be a league winner for many teams this year. It reminds me of the James Robinson pickup from a couple of years ago. I drafted, and that was the year that I had the fucking wagon and lost to Gary in the first round. The year after I won. Uh, so 2019. I picked up James Robinson like right after the draft, just on waivers. I was like, oh, this guy's named the starter for Jacksonville. What the heck? I'll give it a go. And I was fucking 25 points a week, man. Mm-hmm. This is what Kenneth Walker is going to be rest of the season for Joel. It is a smash play at running back. So, yeah, agreed. I, that's a dangerous team. And I get to play him at full capacity this week. Fuck me. Uh, let's go over football teams 138. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 37. Wow. Stevon Diggs, 14. Chris Goblin, 11. Zach Ertz, 15. Juju, 19. Pretty good week for Justin. Uh, his 138 would have been good enough to beat. Uh, let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 of the 11 teams. So bit of a bad beat for Justin there. Would have beaten almost uh, you know 75% of the league last week. Bad beat there. So with the win, Joel improved to three and six, and with the loss, Justin fell to four and five. Pinch me if you've heard this on the show before. Steve Power, good luck winner of the week. What a fucking shock. I think him and Davin just take turns getting these LOL joke wins every week. I don't know how this keeps happening. If you, I, I, I mean, I'm I'm stuttering. I, I can't fathom this, man. Steve Power, a.k.a. Calvin Ridley's therapist, beat four verticals by score 108 to 85. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> shockingly, shockingly, Steve Power's 108 would have been good to beat two other teams. He would also be Shogun Master and Costanza. Uh, wow. Wow. Just fucking wow. What a week. Uh, Steve Powers, 108, uh, low-lighted by Geno Smith, 25, Dalvin Cook, 14, DK Metcalf, 15, Travis Kelsey, 21. That is it. Uh, wow. Ryan's 85. Oh, my God. 85 points, and he got 29 at Tua. That's bad. Leonard Fournette, 11. Chris Olave, 13. Look at these scores. A.J. Dillon, 5.4. Mac Hollins, 3.7. Gabe Davis, 5.3. Michael Pittman, 5.2. Evan Ingram, 1.8. Oh, my God. Just got killed everywhere. Wow. And he traded for DeAndre Swift and then benched him. I don't know. Ryan's in some trouble. I know that him and Joel are both 3-6, and six, but similar to me and you hitting in the last week, these two teams are trending in very different directions. Joel has a very dangerous team, has a very yeah. hyperactive managing and trading on his team. And if he makes the playoffs, Joel's team's going to fuck shit up. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, on the other hand, his team couldn't fucking rip their way of a wet paper bag 
And God, I would be foaming at the mouth with excitement if this team made the playoffs, but I get a funny feeling it ain't. So with the LOL win, Calvin Ridley Serapis improved to six and three. And with the loss, Ryan fell to three and six. Now I mentioned in the intro, we had a couple of brazen managers this week that decided, you know what, Skinner? We're taking the penalty. They either decided to not fill position on their roster or just start a fucking inactive player. So as I stated prior to the season, this year I was very adamant on teams setting full lineups. The reason being is that, look, man, fantasy football is hard. It's supposed to be fun. We all get stressed out by it. It's part of it, okay? But one of the factors that as a manager you should not need to be concerned about is whether or not someone else in the league is gifting a win to someone who's around you in the standings. The only thing you should have to worry about is whether or not you can start the best players, whether or not you can make the best trades for your team, and whether or not you can fucking get a win, you know? That's it. You should not have to worry about whether other teams in the league are starting full rosters or whether they're handing opponents a win that are right around you in the standings. That should not be a factor. I do not believe in that. I will not cave on this issue. The only thing I'm willing to maybe negotiate are the penalties. But for now, penalties are what they are. I said initially that it was 10 waiver dollars, then 25 waiver dollars, and then find a new league. Now, I realize that find a new league on third strike, bit harsh, probably need to renegotiate that. But in any event, Spencer decided that he was just going to take it on the chin. Now, I don't know what Spencer thought he was doing here. I don't know if Spencer thought that because he had zero waiver dollars that he was like, ah, what's Skinner going to do to me? I'll tell you what I'm going to do to to you, Spencer. You're going to start next season with 90 waiver dollars. How the fuck does that feel, motherfucker? (laughs) Keep pushing me. Leave another one empty and you'll start with fucking $65 next year. <laughs> so I was going to say, what if <laughs> you penalize him so much? He gets down to like, say, 65, 50 bucks and he's like, see ya. Well, that is, that is a risk we take. I'd obviously bring someone in and unlike keeper pools, like let's use a baseball pool. For example, when uh, I'd replace Dougie. Remember when Dougie fucking traded all his fucking waiver dollars, like shot his team in the foot. And then it was like, see ya. Like that was kind of is what it is. Right. Because this is actually a great comparison because dollars that Dougie had traded away had been given to other managers. I can't just bring somebody in to replace that team and then give them a blanket budget. Cause then I'm injecting extra dollars into the pool I would, the only real solution in that case would be to take away the trade of dollars. And you can't do that, right? you know, because then when do you draw the line, right? So when I brought a manager in, I was like, hey, it is what it is. This is what you're taking over. I think it was Buzz who took over his team. And I was just like, hey, uh, here's what you're, here's what you're getting into. And he's like, yeah, I get it. I'm all about the rebuild. You know, Buzz had a rough season when he first took that team over, but then he's kind of, you know, brought it. Yeah, he's like he's on the team for himself. So yeah, yeah, he had a playoff team this year and he was competitive. So in this yeah. case, yeah. if somebody decided that they've been penalized too much and they didn't want to come back, I would ultimately bring somebody in to replace them and would not carry over that penalty. 
but this is a different set of circumstances, right? It's not like those $10 that I had to remove from Spencer went to another team. You know, they just came off his team. I'm not going to penalize someone for the, um, you know, the poor decisions of the outgoing manager should it come to that. But I don't think it will. I think that, you know, Gary Nolan made a couple of real good points in the group chat about it today. He was like, I was kind of bullish on this at first, but now that it's happened to a couple of managers, like, yeah, I get it. Like, Set your fucking lineups. I said, exactly, man. Set your fucking lineups. Like, everyone's got tough decisions, man. We only got four bench spots. Like, these are tough decisions, okay? But I do not want part of your strategy to be, well, uh, I, I'm going to try to get a loss, you know, or to try to get a better playoff matchup. Like, no, you can't fucking do that because you purposely trying to get a loss to get a better, better playoff matchup is giving someone else a win. That does not only affect that team. That affects the entire fucking league, okay? Let's let's bring it to the guillotine league for a second. In the guillotine league, if you and Mr. Bishop want to get brazen and stash two players this week, who does that affect? That only affects you. Doesn't hurt me. Doesn't hurt anyone else. You are taking your team's life into your own hands. If you decide to stash guys, or even if you drop someone to pick up someone on the wire, you are only affecting your team. But in a head-to-head format, when eight teams make the playoffs, you know, and it gets towards the end of the year, and there's a bit of a bunch at the bottom fighting for those last few spots, I just will not stand for teams not setting full lineups and fucking potentially handing managers wins. You know, I want to see full rosters out there every fucking week, and I will penalize accordingly. So. Our first penalized manager was Mr. Shogun Master, who said, fuck it, Cam's beating the fuck out of me. I am not dropping someone for a kicker. A little bit ironic, you think maybe he could have dropped Khalil Herbert and his 2.3 points, but oh no, Khalil (laughs) Herbert's got the highest yards per carry in the league. Yeah, it's just Khalil Herbert averages seven carries a week. Who gives a fuck? Uh Khalil Herbert had 20 carries a week. You think he's going to have the highest yards per carry in the league? Uh, No. It's easy to have the highest yards per carry in the league when you're only touching the ball a handful of times. Am I right? I digress. Uh, I guess he didn't want to drop Greg Dolchich. Fair. Could have maybe dropped Deion Jackson. He has literally zero value for the Colts when Taylor's healthy, which should be this week. So Spencer chose to not pick up a kicker and eat the loss. And I guess he thought where he didn't have any dollars this season that I was just going to let it slide. Sorry, pal, 90 bucks next year. Anyway, Cove Cowboys destroyed him 147 to 98 cams. 147 highlighted by Joe Burrow, 21 Derek Henry, 24. Miles Sanders, 15. Christian Kirk, 22. T. Higgins, 13. Darnell Mooney, wow, what a start, Darnell Mooney. 18 points, very nice. Also noteworthy that Cam had the wherewithal to pick up Jeff Wilson after being traded to the Dolphins. Uh, He didn't start him. I don't blame him for not starting him. Jeff Wilson looks to be very involved. It could be a piece for Cam going forward. Well done. Uh, let's see. Shogun Masters 98, highlighted by Aaron Rodgers 16, Austin Eckler 24, DeAndre Hopkins 14, Josh Palmer, nice start, 19 points. 
Um, yeah, 98 points. Not a very good week. Good enough to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> but not a very good week. So with the decisive win, Cam won his fourth in a row to go all the way to six and three, remain in first place. And Spencer lost his four-game winning streak that he had going and fell to five and four. Are you bored as fuck? Is the wife nagging you? We haven't done shit since COVID. Ugh, can't we just go somewhere? Well, HeaveAway has a solution for you. Our professional travel agents will help you plan and customize your perfect vacation. All-inclusive resorts, river and ocean cruises? You bet your ass we do it all. So I gotta ask you, do you have a dream or a wish? You better call Bish. Visit us at heaveaway.com. Uh, let's go to the match that included Shirt of the Week, Taysom Hill. Labrador Colts defeated Team Dinner. They, them, Chatham by score of 135 to 132. Labrador Colts got their third in a row to improve to five and four. And their 135 is highlighted by Jalen Hurts, 23. Kenyon Drake, what a start for that Monday game. 25 fucking points. Travis Etienne, wow, that man is here to stay. 27 points. Jalen Waddle, 20 points. Uh, Ryan Suckup, just talking about him, 12 points. And the Colts defense, 13 points. Um, team Dinner, they, them, Chatham. They're 132, highlighted by Josh Allen, 23, picked up an injury. Got to think Josh Allen maybe didn't get banged up in that game. They might have got the win. Bit of a bad beat there. Yeah. Uh, Damian Pierce, 14. Cooper Cup, 26. Terry McLaurin, 11. Amon Ross St. Brown, 10. Taysom Hill, shirt of the week, 1.12. And uh, the Patriots defense, wow, 31 points from the Pats defense. Wow. Crazy, right? Yep. Their offense ain't where the fuck, but God damn, their defense is good. Bill Belichick, man. He's always had a good defense there in New England. So well done, Billy B. Uh, as I mentioned, Sean won his third in a row and improved to five and four. And Chatham lost to fall to four and five. And last matchup to go over included two teams. That decided not to set full lineups this week. Both Davin and Gary Nolan, they were both penalized $10 for their efforts, for their actions, rather. Lack of effort. <laughs> yeah, lack of effort. There you go. Uh, but it didn't really matter for Davin because Davin had uh, the second highest score of the week. Imagine that. Second highest score of the week started inactive, Mark Andrews. Well done. <laughs> Davin destroyed Gary. This is might be the fifth thing of the year. Holy shit. 160 to 82. Oh my God. They haven't started Justin Fields, man. Oh my God. Wow. Davin's 160 highlighted by Justin Fields, 49. Joe Mixon, 55. (laughs) That's over a hundred points out of two guys. Sweet (laughs) Christ. Tyler Lockett, 18. Uh, Jamal Williams 10 That's really all the highlight He started an inactive Mark Andrews His kicker was shit Duvernay sucked Jacoby Myers not great Tony Gibson sucked Didn't matter because 100 points Out of fucking two guys Also again for the This is a theme every week with Davin 
They haven't had another 52 points on his bench. Cole Hardman, 20. Michael Carter, 16. Garrett Wilson, 17. Cordell Patterson came back from injury. Davin didn't bother to activate him, and he got fucking 18 points in his reserve slot. For oh, my God. <laughs> so, sorry, Cord- Cordell's points are not factored into that. Um, what's that? 18, 17, 35, 16, 51, and 20. 71 points on his bench. Wow. Wow. Get this man a fantasy pro subscription. Dear God. Damn it. What are you doing, buddy? <laughs> well, apparently he's beating the fuck out of Gary Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> Davin's had a couple of lucky wins over the past month or so, but this time he fucking earned it. Uh, let's see. Gary Nolan's 82. Low score of the week. Even you would have beat Gary Nolan. How about that? Wow. <laughs> wow. There's a chance. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you can play Gary like every week. Uh, let's see. Gary's 82. Low light to buy. Kyler Murray, 22. Naheem Hines. You called it. You're like, I don't think Naheem Hines is going to affect Devin Singletary at all. Well, he didn't affect the Buffalo offense at all. Zero. <laughs> Cam Akers, 0.3. <laughs> you had less than eight points combined out of your running backs. How about Gary getting 0.3 points combined from Naheem Hines and Cam Akers? That's amazing. Holy fuck. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Oh, fuck. And then just Tyreek Hill randomly 27 points. What a waste. Romeo Dobbs died mid-game. Al Pierce sucks. No tight end because fuck tight end, apparently. Al Robinson sucks. Justin Tucker 10 points. Eagles D 10 points. Wow. Take a fucking bow, Gary. That is awful. Wow. Is that? That's hot diggity dog shit. Hot diggity dog shit. And not only that, Gary also lost 10 waiver dollars in the process. So three teams penalized in the one week. I'm shocked. Now I do, I do get it though. Like early in the season, waiver dollars have a huge ton of value. It's funny how it works actually in a regular league, like TBLC, for example, waiver dollars early in season, a fucking huge man, because those guys tend to emerge in the first, say four to six weeks uh, for those major pickups that affect your team mid-season but in the guillotine league the waiver dollars are more effective as season progresses and not so effective early in the year very interesting dynamic in both pools so with the decisive blasting of the week davin improved to six and three good for a share of first place and gary nolan lost his second in a row to fall to three and six good for a share last with Joel and Ryan. Let's now talk trades. Wheeling and dealing. There were a couple of bangers. God, I almost like, I'm sad to think that the trade deadline is just around the corner. I don't want this to end. (laughs) I know, right? It's so good. The never-ending string of banger trades. First trade that went down this past week involved Joel and somehow Gary Nolan. Again, I've said this before. 
Gary Nolan's making trade, he thinks he's got you by the fucking ball set. Because old Gary Nolan, he don't ever trade, ever. Joel traded. Wow, this trade is a mouthful. Oh, my God. The old <laughs> four for four trade, just a standard four for four deal. Uh, Joel traded Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, Jonathan Taylor, and Drake London to Gary in exchange for Devontae Adams, Raheem Mostert, Kyle Pitts, and an injured Jamar Chase. I love this trade for Joel. Love it. See, I, I'm i the opposite, man. I don't like this one for Joel. I think it worked out for Devontae this particular week. That Mostert, now, granted, he didn't know what kind of effect Jeff Wilson was going to have on that Dolphins trade. So that's fair. But Joel's in a position he can't be taken on the injured Jamar Chase, man. I was shocked. I was like, buddy, what the fuck are you doing? By the time Jamar Chase comes back, his season's going to be over. Now, granted, Joel has been hyperactive, so I don't uh, discount his ability to uh, trade Chase again. But I think someone who at the time is two and six, now three and six, I don't want to see Joel in a position where he kind of has to trade him because he may end up having to flip Chase for pennies on the dollar if he loses again this week, say fall three and seven. Because Joel, quite frankly, can't afford to eat that injury. He gave up Tyreek. And Debo and Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, that's why Gary Nolan accepted this fucking trade. Yeah, Taylor's been shit. Debo's been banged up. And, you know, again, Christian McCaffrey's here, so he's not going to get those in rounds. But Debo's still got a lot of talent. Still the most talented wide receiver on that team. I do agree with what you said about Ayuk as the uh, better pass-catching option, but I still think Debo is very capable of very big games. And we've seen what Tyreek is doing, man. So... I don't know. I I mean, Kyle Pitts has been fucking dead. So, like, the only real piece Joel got out of this trade is Devontae Adams, in my opinion. So, meanwhile, Gary gets Tyreek and Debo. Taylor, when he comes back, Drake London's already on the waiver wire, so that doesn't fucking matter. He was a bit of a throw in there. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm anxious to hear what you have to say about this because I thought this was an excellent trade for Gary Nolan. Go ahead. I think J. Well, you know, I think JT's dead, toast, done. So there's that. Uh, Debo, I think, yeah, he's going to be decent, but I mean, I don't think he's going to be the explosive um, player to everybody draft him to be. For uh, Joel's side, I think Joel's team is now strong enough that he can eat Chase's by because Chase can come back in two weeks. That's when he's first eligible. So I mean, if he can come back in a couple weeks. Joel got Adams. Joel got Chase. Joel got running backs up, up his asshole. Like Joel's going to have a very, very, very good team if he can hold on the Chase. So, and if he can't, he can trade Chase for something else. I mean, like I, I think it's, I think it's a great trade on Joel's behalf. I think it plugs up holes. I love it. I love it. As far it's as Nolan's concerned, I think Nolan's taking a lot of damage, a lot of baggage. I don't think it's going to work out the way Nolan's expecting it to. Yeah, interesting. I think if Jamar Chase was on the closer side of that four to six week timeline, I would be okay with it. But a lot of pundits are saying that it's going to be beyond six weeks for Chase. Or so, I don't know. I think Mostert, but, again, me and you talked about Mostert on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's kind of running back like you put him out there every week. You run him into the fucking ground. You start Raheem Mostert as long as that man is healthy. Because you know, at 30 years old, in a bell cow role, that injury is coming. 
but now they brought in Jeff Wilson. So instead of exactly. And I think Wilson is the better side of that split as he is younger, fresher legs. So I think as the season goes on, I think Mostert becomes more and more relevant. So I don't think that's a piece for him. I think Kyle Pitts is basically dead. I don't think that's a piece for him either. This is basically, this is basically Devante and injured Jamar chase for Tyreek Debo and Taylor. So I, I like know. it. I like it. To be sure on. That's why that's why we debate back and forth. Here's a trade that I don't think any of us were arguing. Me and you have been talking about Steve Power needing to move either Travis Kelsey or who was it we said he needed to move? Hawkinson. Wasn't no, it? it wasn't Hawkinson. I said Power had two pieces. Yeah, Kelsey. I wanted to see him move two for one. Kelsey and Dalvin. Okay. No, yes, yes. Sorry, yes, yes. So we were here like, okay, power's got no depth. Power needs to sell each of those guys two for right. one each and bring pieces back. But that's not what went down. Power did, in fact, make a trade, and he did, in fact, trade Kelsey, but not for two for one. Instead, he got himself a smash play, and he addressed his running back issue. He traded one Travis Kelsey straight up to Sean McLean for Travis Etienne. Now, this is a trade I can fucking get behind. Who can't use Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey smashed tight end every year. Steve Power is confident in TJ Hawkinson, which I don't necessarily agree with, but I see the logic. And Power thought he needed help at running back, so did a little one-for-one. I like this deal. I think it's a really good deal. Good, yeah. I was offered Chubb for Kelsey. And I was like, now shove that running back. You said that under no circumstances can be traded. Absolutely untradeable. That same guy. It's exact same one. Yes. Just checking. (laughs) But, and you know, I, I like the deal. I like Kelsey, obviously, but I needed two running backs that would just deplete me altogether. So yeah, I'd say no. Yep. That was fair. But I think this is one that just uh, works for both teams. So very good trade. Nice to see uh, Steve power and Sean McClain making trade. All right, last trade to go over was between yourself and the four verticals. Again, another just standard casual four for four trade. You know, nothing to see here. Move along. No soup for you. Sent Adam Thielen, uh, who I assume is Bradley Chubb. Didn't know this was an IDP league. Uh, <laughs> Clyde Embers Alaire and Brian Robinson. To the four verticals in exchange for Evan Ingram, Kareem Hunt, DeAndre Swift, and Michael Pittman. Turns out the Chubb that I'm referring to is not, in fact, Bradley Chubb and he is untouchable, will not be traded under any circumstances. Nick Chubb, bad beat for me because I really wanted him. So I'm trying not to assess this trade with hurt feelings, but I think they might seep into my uh, into my not analysis. <laughs> Uh, this was an interesting trade. If you break down right on the surface, you went from Cleveland's RB1 to Cleveland's RB2 slash handcuff. Uh, you did get Swift, but again, don't know if he's going to be healthy. And if he's not healthy, how much value does he have rest of season? Time will tell. You got Michael Pittman, who... Very big name, a lot of hype coming in this season, but Sam Ellinger and the Colts, they're fucking dead, man. They might not score a touchdown the rest of this year. I think Michael Pittman is going to be a thorn in your roster 
And I think his name value is too high that you can't afford to just have him on your bench as a stash piece. So I don't like the acquisition of Michael Pittman. And I think Evan Ingram is basically just like a bi-week tight end that, yeah, he's got like, he's been good leading up to this week. I think he was averaging 11 points over the last four weeks leading up to this past week. So down week this week. Um, so I think he's one of the like safer budget options at tight end, but still a budget option at tight end. Uh, let's see what you gave up. You gave up Thielen, who has been pretty good. Uh, not sure how much Hawkinson is going to take away from Thielen. It's always noteworthy that Thielen is getting older and at any point could be phased out of the offense as a regular contributor. Uh, Clyde Eversley did. Brian Robinson did. So I see this trade basically as Chubb for Swift and Pittman is basically how I see this trade, which from that perspective is um, okay. That's how I see it. I see more like Chubb for Swift and Hunt. I don't think Hunt has value, man. I do not think he would start Green Hunt. Hunt has got double digits touch, touches every single game this season, except for like one, I think. And he's averaging over 10 points a game. That's what I want at an RB2. I want 10 and 12 points at my RB2. Swift, on the other hand, I am banking a lot of faith that he can get healthy. Um, this past week, he was not involved much, but that was planned. That was, and the coach said ahead of time that he was overused his first match back against, uh, against the Dolphins. So they wanted to scale back this week. Would you uh, say that was like a scheduled workload, kind of like a yeah. scheduled loss? Yes, I would actually. <laughs> just, just check it. Yeah. <laughs> He's son of a bitch. But yeah. <laughs> um, he said that there's no, the coach said there's no setbacks after this week with injuries, and they're going to give him some more, and they're going to give him as much as they can handle as long as he's healthy. So I'm begging this to be more of a long term um, trade than like a, a long term fix than a short term fix. I'm just, but I think now my team is strong enough that I can get a couple wins in a row because I'm facing a couple weak teams. So are you playing uh, Gary Nolan in back to back weeks? <laughs> I'm playing Calvin Ridley's therapist. This oh, this week. there you go. That's a win. So I'm I'm hoping that's a guaranteed win, a schedule win. <laughs> Should be. And yeah, so by the time my team uh, or by the time Swift is back to his normal workload, I'm I'm hoping my team should be good to go. Yeah, I, I, it's I don't know. I think that Chubb is a smash. Chubb is exactly what you want to start canceling those scheduled losses. Um, and you just ate his bye week, and now you trade him. I thought that was interesting. You know, Thielen's uh, weekly value might be lower, but he's still in a very consistent Vikings offense that is going to throw the ball a lot. So Thielen's got a bit of a higher ceiling than, say, Michael Pittman at this point for sure. Sure. So I I don't love this trade for you, but I do applaud you for getting rid of two plods in fucking Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Brian Robinson. Wow. You know, Pittman, uh, he's the only one that's getting any of the targets. And, you know, like so they got they worth, the man. Sam Ellinger is, is averaging less than 100 yards a game. Yeah, I know. But I mean, like, if, if Pittman's getting me like six to eight targets, 
fuck it, I'll take the points. But I mean, like, even still, I don't think I know he said you don't think I'm gonna be benching Pittman. I think I will be benching Pittman. I think really, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna roll out uh Curtis Samuel, Ayuk, uh Rondell Moore. Yeah. I don't think I need to roll a Pittman. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. I think you are I think you're a little thin. There's a saying that Joel and I used to talk about on the show that said bishop gonna bishop. And I think you may have bishoped yourself one too many times. It's, I get it, man. I love to trade too, but I think you might have kind of over traded, you know, and it's gotten a little a little bit thin. I'm worried about you having a role with Kareem Hunt every week. Also, Herbert, man, Herbert's been okay, but God, yeah. that is Again, a quarterback who needs his weapons. You know, that yeah. man is is playing without Mike Williams and without Keenan Allen. You put those guys in the lineup and Herbert's stock goes up. Um, so this team, you got to get a win this week. Got to get a win against Steve this week. I'm counting on it. I really do think I pull it out this week. I really do. Yeah, well, Calvin Ridley's therapist currently projected for the win. He is. And he's coming at you with a Dalvin Cook, Travis Etienne stack. Interesting. Is that Traquan Smith he's starting? Holy shit. It is. Wow. And Waste Claypool. Waste Claypool, yep. James uh, Conner not doing a whole lot these days. So it's there. Did James Conner come back last week? He did. He got 11 points, but. Okay, he did come back. Okay. Hard to say. The Bucks defense could shut down Geno. I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, it's basically, I don't want to say your season's on the line, but you need to get off the schneid and quit. So, I know you're right. It is. At least you've got the right opponent to do it. Now, yeah. it would be a bad week if Steve Powers' team just exploded this week. So let's hope for your sake that doesn't happen. But in any event, I'll objectively say that it was an interesting trade, and I would personally say that I thought you could have got a little more for Chubb. If if Swift was healthy and smashing every week, yeah, I'm all about that. If Pittman is, uh, you know, find the end zone, producing high-end wide receiver one numbers, yeah, I'm in on that. But neither of those things are happening. So this trade has potential to really work out for you, but it's also got potential for you in two weeks to be like, oh, I traded Chubb. They got 30 points again. Come back. I need those 30 <laughs> points. <laughs> so time will tell, friend. Yeah, time will tell. All right. Let's move on to the guillotine league. Decapitation Nation. All right. Very special edition of Decapitation Nation rundown this week as we are joined. By the man who was decapitated, the lesser half of the Skinner brothers, the less talented goalie of the duo, <laughs> and seemingly the less talented fantasy football manager of the duo. I'm joined by former TBLC champion, Mr. Aaron Skinner. What's going on, sir? Welcome to the podcast for the very first time. How does it feel? I, I beat you two out of three years. I survive. I would survive you two out of three years, and that don't mean shit when you're Andrew Skinner's brother, apparently. No, uh, it does, but it doesn't mean shit <laughs> in the present. We're living in the right. present. I that's am right. presently in, and you in the past were better than me. So 
Congrats on your on your previous accomplishments. Yes. Anyway, how does it feel to finally be on the podcast? I know you've lamented the fact in the past you've never been able to make it on, whether it be for the draft call or an interview or whatnot. It just hasn't worked out, but here you are. Indeed, I am. Uh, it's it's good to be on the podcast. Uh, I hope to make a meaningful contribution. Well, for what it's worth, I haven't made a meaningful contribution to this podcast yet. <laughs> no disagreements do- there, sir. I've been doing Not this at for all. four years. Yeah. So... Anything you contribute will be meaningful. So as I alluded to in your introduction, you are the decapitated team for week nine. How does it feel to go down? Uh, I mean, it had to happen eventually. I feel like moves uh, just did not work out for me this year. I had a couple key injuries and uh, tried to pivot, tried to recover for them, tried to make some moves and bench a couple players or eat their buys or whatever. And it seemed like week after week, I was so close to getting eliminated that I had to make moves to get rid of them. And slowly but surely, I lost my waiver dollars and it dwindled and it just felt like I was circling the drain just to see which week I would end up. I think personally, if I were to objectively look at your team, I think one of your downfalls was an overcommitment to Devontae Smith. I believe you drafted Devontae Smith and then had to drop him when you got in trouble one particular week, mm-hmm. only to buy him back at a premium, I think, after his buy. And uh, yep. Devontae Smith never really produced for you. He had a couple of smash weeks early in the season, but it became pretty clear as the season gone on that the Eagles' uh, offense run through, or excuse me, runs through Jalen and A.J. Brown and Miles Sanders. You know, Devontae Smith yeah. has the ability to get you 30 points, but he also has the ability to get you two points. And that's the kind of player that sinks your ship in a league like this one. He is a proverbial fantasy whack-a-mole. Yep. And he will be say. sitting on fantasy waivers for the rest of the season. I do not blame you. I, uh, I was not, I can't say I was dedicated to him. He just felt like the biggest upside on the waiver wire at the time. I felt myself, I felt like I was, fishing from the waiver wire a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just couldn't seem to hold on to the guys I really wanted to. Like the time I got Devontae Smith back, uh, I also had a waiver claim to get Juju Smith-Schuster back after he had two massive weeks yeah. and uh, didn't have the have the uh, wager in to do it. So he yeah. was very much a backup plan. Looks like Juju is going to be a piece for the... Uh, Chiefs going forward. I know that he's already hit a couple of the incentives they put into his contract early in the season. So nice. th- that's only going to, uh, you know, promote him to keep going hard. He's obviously not Tyreek Hill, but he is doing an excellent job in that wide receiver one role for a pass heavy offense that is Absolutely. Kansas City. So, yeah, I, I feel like that was one of the critical errors I made in the season. I ended up dro- dropping him probably a bit too early. I dropped him in the two to five slot before the five o'clock game started just because mm-hmm. I just wasn't seeing the performance out of my guys and I ended up being safe. I could easily kept them, but you know, with these, uh, with the decapitation nation, with the, uh, the way it works out, you, you really need to make your moves early if you're yep. going to make them because other people will claim your guys right under your nose. Well, not only that, as the, as the wave of games go on, like for Newfoundland, as the two thirty games go on, that's so many players 
knocked, you know, ineligible to be picked up. Then you yep. get into the 530 games and you got another slate of games. Suddenly yeah. you're looking at scooping a guy from the 930 yeah. game or the Monday game. And that's right. You're you're either going for somebody, uh, you're either picking when the five o'clock slot is still available, or you're basically left for scraps unless you get lucky. Yep, certainly a tough spot to be in. So mm-hmm. I was doing some research earlier as to uh, some of the remaining teams and how they have fared in the pool over the first couple of seasons. It turns out that this is your second best finish. Yes. You have finished in week, excuse me, in 2020, you finished in week uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You went down to week eight in 2020 and you went down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, so no, this is your best finish. You went down to week eight in 2020 and week seven in 2021. Oh, so you're so week, week nine, nine. to capitation. Ah, see, your best so finish next, ever. next year, I either go down in week six or week 10. I believe you said something a moment ago. Hail straight. mediocrity. Is that what you yes. said? Yes. Hail mediocrity. Hail galaxy aces in capitation nation. You've gone down week eight, week seven, and week nine. That's pretty mediocre. Remarkably but average. Up until this season, much better than your brother's done. So yes, you know. At the end of the day, you, it's a tough pool. <laughs> at the end of the day, you're more of a fantasy whack-a-mole than I am. So, yeah, but I'm still in, at least for, for now. the moment. So, and so is my co-host, Mister Bishop. We are both thriving, sure. it seems. Yes, this is my third straight year entering the top ten. Pat myself. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. You are guided by a force much greater than luck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me do a full rundown. As I mentioned a moment ago, I took the time for the 10 remaining teams uh, to display the results over the past two seasons. So let's do a quick rundown on them now. Uh, At the top of the list, I've got Chad, who this is his first season in the pool. So obviously Chad is going to have his best season ever, regardless of what happens. Then we got Mike. Mike came on board in 2021 when the NFL expanded the season from 17 to 18 weeks. In 2021, Mike went down in week five. So this will be Mike Herrett's best finish ever. Then we've got Mr. Sean Burke, the man himself who wrote the book on how to play the guillotine league. He finished second, as we all know, to Megan in 2020. And last year had a bit of an upset going down in week three. Then we have Spencer, who finished fifth in 2020 and went down to week six in 2021. So a bit of a discrepancy between those finishes, just like Sean. Uh, Then we have Davin, who went down early in 2020 in week six, but then finished fifth place last year, just outside the money. Uh, Then Sean McLean, uh, he's had a couple of early-ish finishes in this pool, going down week seven in 2020 and week 11, 2021. And myself, my woeful performances have been well documented in the show going down in week two of 2020 and week four last year. (laughs) Um, So the personal best keeps on rolling this year. How far will that go? Time will tell. 
And we've got my co-host, Mr. Bishop, as he mentioned, he's done very well in this pool both years. Although I don't think you've made top 10 both times. I think you're a little outside. I could be wrong. You're wrong, buddy. I was top nine first year. And then last year I was bubble bitch. Oh no. So you're right. Yeah, you're right. In week, uh, excuse me, 2020, uh, you went down a week nine, which was good for ninth place. Mm-hmm. And last year you finished fourth as your team name suggests bubble bitch bish. <laughs> Great name. Great. Uh, then we've got Cameron, Cameron Clark uh, in 2020, he finished fourth, but last year he went down in week 10. So that's a couple of okay finishes, but then as much as Bishop is going to hate to admit this, the King of the guillotine league, none other than cam. Who survived by the skin of his teeth this week. Why is he the king of the league? I don't know, because he's finished third two years in a row. Say what you will about Cam. You can hate on Cam all you want. Third in 2020, third in 2021. That is impressive as shit. It's impressive, but can you really call him the king if he hasn't won? I mean, third, man. Two years in a row. He's oh, got hey, it's impressive as shit. Don't get me yes. wrong. Yeah. Getting two bronze medals in the Olympics is amazing, but no one's going to call you the king of that sport. Well, but the point is, for the sake of consistency, like as I've highlighted over all these teams in the final 10, a lot of teams have had deep runs and then bad runs or, you know, a couple of bad runs or a couple of mediocre okay runs. The fact that Cam's gotten all the way third place two years in a row is unbelievably impressive. Yeah, no, I'm not exactly one to criticize. I uh, I would totally trade my results for his any day. Right, exactly. So, but there was an opportunity to put Cam down this last week, and you just could yes. not get there. No, it's not that I couldn't get there. It's that my friggin' running back couldn't get there. I wouldn't he say it was a short. running back. I mean, King and Drake had a monster game, and yes. Lamar yes. had a great game. Yes, but he, he it came down to the last, last meaningful play. play of the game. Yep. All he needed to do was get that first down, and then I would have been fucked on the kneel down, I'm sure. But all he needed to do was get that first down for me to go ahead, and instead, he got eaten up in the backfield. So It was the lowest margin of defeat that we have had this season. You were decapitated by mere 1.02 points. 11 fucking yards. Up until the last play, that was 0.28 or no. Yeah, Listen, 0.3. man, it had me on the edge 0. of my 0. fucking 0.22 seat. points. I yep. needed three yards. It had me on the edge of my fucking seat. I usually right. commit myself to turn the game off at halftime unless the Titans are playing because, like, the reality is that these games are ending at 1 o'clock in the morning and I work the next day, so I just got to turn it off. But I could not, like, at halftime, I was like, holy shit, man, we got a fucking sweat here. And yes. sure enough, it was just Lamar Drake, Lamar Jake, Lamar Drake, the entire fucking game and it yeah when it came down the fourth quarter i was like oh my god this is happening and i think it's quite funny um when i picked up drake i was talking to you about it and uh, you kind of criticized my decision but i was like he's the only starter left who else am i going to go for but yep. i'd be surprised if drake is not picked up on the waiver wire this week there might be a desperate team picking him up but at the end of the day uh, the ravens are on their bye this week so oh never mind happen. next week next week no. then yeah, I know because I've got the shares of Lamar in another pool. So oh, Ravens. Are- let's see if anybody's going to gamble on Lamar and it's by. I 
I don't see anyone putting in a dollar claim for him, but he could be someone that is picked up uh, as a free agent, maybe as a stash if somebody needs QB help. But it is hard. I myself have a quarterback waiver, um, which we call waiver ad, ready to go, but it's not Lamar. Mm, interesting. Yeah, you want to pivot off uh, Aaron Rodgers. That man is what dead for fantasy. What do you mean, like? Late thirties, early forties quarterbacks are just not viable fantasy options anymore. Yes, yeah, seemingly so. I'd say space. I'd say you've got a claim in there for one Justin Fields going up against that LOLOLOLOLOLOL Detroit Lions defense this week. I might have to up my bid now. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to up your bid. I got some guy named Jay Hertz. Don't remember where I got him, but he's pretty good. There's no quarterback. I, I ain't got shit for me. I ain't got shit. So you ain't got shit. Yep. <laughs> I've got a claim in for one, Mr. Barkley. Just debating on whether or not it's the full fucking clip. Barkley, I, mean, I got one in for Pollard. I got I got six actually. Six waiver ads go right now. Jesus, you're gonna that's more than half your roster, man. I know, right? Holy well, shit. You got twelve dollars, so I can tell you unequivocally <laughs> you can't you can cancel your bid. <laughs> Or Barkley, because you ain't getting them. Fair enough. <laughs> I've got a bid in that will force Cam. I My bid is high enough that I will obviously be excited if I get him. But if I don't get him to Cam, I'll be happy that Cam will have spent that many dollars. Good to know. So I put myself in a win-win situation. My bid is very strategic. I mean, I my bid is a no-brainer, like based on my points. And the other budgets, like I know exactly what I have to bid. There's a chance that I could be outbid on him by Sean Burke as well, but I'm in a very good position with my bid. So I put myself in a win-win situation with Barkley. I also have some other claims in, but they are not significant. But we are at the point now in the pool with just 10 teams left. This idea of stashing players, like I've been doing with Chubb and Eckler and whoever over the past little while, that gets a little dicey now. The I'm strategy gonna, starts to flip now. I'm going to yeah. actually try to grab Chase and stash him. Well, good luck with that because I got to claim him for him too. You son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, the waiver oh, friend. Yeah. Oh, it's a really terrible idea to try to stash people going into week 10, but I'm totally going to try to do it. Don't you try it. Don't you try it. Bad strategy for everyone else but me. My team is. Uh, Really fucking good. It is. So it's decent. Some oh, it's decent. Yeah, it's decent. My team's okay. Your team's going to have to evolve tremendously to win this league. Just like I every say team tremendously. I do need to pivot away from uh, Dante Foreman. I do think I have one more good week of him left, especially if Chuba Hubbard does not play this week. Speaking of LOLOL defenses, the Atlanta Falcons run defenses, LOLOL. Um, their division rival Foreman just fucking ran all over them a couple weeks ago. Assuming Hubbard's out, Foreman is going to be in for another very heavy workload against the Falcons. I will gladly send him out there again this week, and then I will be looking to pivot after that. Uh, but well, other a couple than that, of people I'd be moving away from eventually. Where are you? Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, he's been good, but is he top top six oh, wide receiver is good? Bishop feels validated. Bishop Ooh. feels validated. I was saying the same thing earlier. I was like, I'm right. I don't know. I mean, man. he's been he's been a true wacko mole, man. He's got just as many games where he's got uh, over ten points as he does under ten points. 
Well, he got hurt in the, uh, I want to say the Minnesota game. He missed the game against Seattle, came back oh, in yeah. limited capacity no, sure. against New England, had his bye, then got hurt again, got the concussion. That was after the Tua concussion. So he like was pseudo wobbly after that first catch and the NFL was like, get him out of there. Like they've been kind of hyperactive on the concussion thing. So I don't think he was hurt. I think he was a victim of the two of mismanagement. Um, but now he's kind of getting back to full strength. Had an okay game against Miami, but I expect big things for Amon Ra. But the reality is that teams are going to change a lot. I just like yeah. objectively with my team, like Hertz locked and loaded, Amon Ra locked and loaded, Jefferson, Chubb, Ertz, Eckler, like, yeah, would I like to get Travis Ertz? Kelsey or Mark Andrews? Look at fucking Zach Ertz production. Well, if, 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 if ten is if ten is good enough to win you this league, find me another tight end that's getting consistent numbers like Zach Ertz. 11, 15, 11, 17, 11, 14. I mean, I can't just pull up the whole actually, maybe I can. Zach no, Ertz has been you unbelievable. Your, you got your Andrews and then you got like your your Ertz, honestly. Yeah, the one the the one tier, like the top tier oh. for tight ends is Kelsey Ertz, or excuse me, Kelsey Andrews, and then it's Second tier, you're looking at Kittle, Ertz, Goddard. You know, Ertz is right in that second tier, man. Unless yeah. I'm getting myself a healthy Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz ain't fucking going nowhere. Fair enough. Anyway, yeah, there are pieces that I could see myself replacing on my team as this season evolves, but Zach Ertz, probably not one of them. I mean, you, maybe, you maybe if Dallas Goddard popped up, um, the Cardinals offense is a little less consistent than the Eagles. And I like Goddard just from a talent perspective over Ertz. Um, but it's not a position I'm rushing to fix. So I would like to replace Foreman. Like I said, one more week at a Foreman. And I'm confident basically every other piece. So it's just at that point in the pool, teams are going to get good now, right? I see yeah. my team as a bit of an outlier, but as these weeks continue to progress, my team is going to be less and less of an outlier and more and more of the mean, you know, but I think a piece that sets my team apart is I got fucking Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler on the same fucking team, man. That's unbelievable. So Not bad. that's huge. Then you throw in Jefferson and Hertz. Got a yeah. lot of, I got the pillars. I got the four pillars in place. So pretty yeah. good team. Two top five running backs. Although man, Sean might have you beat with Henry and McCaffrey. That is a sexy team. <laughs> yeah. I've said it many times on the show. I thought Sean McLean's team was fucking sexy, man. Talk about a guy that doesn't have to do much of anything on the wire. Two Especially up, with Hopkins, McCaffrey. AJ, Henry, CMC, Kittle, Lazard. Even Lazard. Lazard is not a flashy, sexy name. He's still the wide receiver one for... The Green Bay Packers. So that in and of Man, itself has value. That's his flex play. Yeah, that's sexy. That's a fucking good team, let me tell you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Man, so. McCaffrey's, I think his ceiling just increased with him going to San Francisco. Oh, yeah. So let's dial this back to the guillotine league. We typically record on Wednesdays. So the waiver claims have already been processed and we can take a good look at uh. teams and what we expect from them in the coming weeks, maybe make an educated prediction. But this week, because waiver claims are not 
uh, been processed. Maybe we can take turns like predicting what managers are going to go after what players if you guys are feeling frisky. I mean, that's a bit optimistic, but I think at the very least we can predict who we think is going to be snapped up. Oh, well, I think the players that are going to be picked are pretty obvious. Back Barkley and CD Lamb, 100%. Yeah, Barkley and CD Lamb, Dalvin are going to get very large bids. Jonathan Taylor, somebody might be willing to take a flyer on him. I personally don't have a bid in for Taylor, much yeah. like I don't want anything to do with Najee Harris. Not sure about Zeke, um, but there are definitely some larger names sitting on the wire this week. I was man, yeah. I was really hoping it'd be double elimination uh, week. Dalvin. God. I mean, Dalvin's been good, but he has not been great. No. Nope. Like as tempted as I am, I don't know if maybe I'm showing my poker hand here, but as tempted as I am to go the full 35 I have left on Saquon Barkley, I really, really want dollars for double elimination week. The wire is going to be on fucking fuego that week. Mm-hmm. So, yep. and if Cam's got dollars left, he'll just take whoever he wants. Maybe well, that's what he's here's waiting for. the thing, right? Let's let's look at Cam's teams. Cam's an excellent example, as we pointed out. Cam has a massive budget of ninety-one dollars, but Cam's team also uh, fucking blows right now. So if Cam wants to be around for double elimination week, Cam gonna have to spend some dollars. I mean, Chris Goblin and Christian Kirk. Yeah, they've got, you know, they're good. Chris Goblin, good, but also a bit of a lower uh, WR2, floor. WR3. Also a bit of a lower floor of the season. We've already been over DeAndre Swift in the TBLC talk. Not a player you want in this kind of they've, league. They've already said he's not going to be the starting running back for the rest of the season. Really? Have the oh. Lions come out and said that? Yes, they, they have. That. Yes. When yep. did they Hold say on. that? One second, one Breaking second. News. As, as of yesterday, that was not the case when I made the trade. <laughs> they said they're going to give him more work. Breaking news. Hold on. Uh, uh, let's, let's dial that back. Maybe I got it from a shitty source. The onion? One second. Did you get it from the onion? No, because I'm going to throw my laptop. And this is the case. <laughs> Worse than that, I got Bishop, it. Are you from there? No, my laptop's Reddit. in the street. <laughs> I got it in from Reddit. Okay. What was the guy that would normally be backing him up? Um, uh, Jamal Williams. Yes, ESPN, ESPN NFL Nation reporters write that it's safe to call Jamal Williams the lead back in Detroit for the rest of the season. For what that's worth. And Aaron Bishop's soul leaves his body. Oh my God. We're having an out-of-body experience right now. <laughs> what is happening in my life? <laughs> I told you, man. I told you I was worried about Swift when Aaron... Uh, when we were discussing TBLC earlier and, and Bishop actually just traded for Swift, I said, I didn't specifically allude to anything like that. I said, my concern was that the Lions are two and six. They're going to continue to lose games. As the season goes on, they're going to want to preserve their franchise running back in DeAndre Swift. Jamal Williams uh, was a uh, signed chip from Green Bay a couple of years ago. No allegiance to the team. I don't know if he has a contract beyond the season. I think the Lions are going to be inclined to run old Jay Willing to the ground and preserve Swift, maybe just giving him regular reps to keep him in uh, football shape. But I don't see this is what I was worried about. But if that's the case, like man. It. Oops. <laughs> Oops. 
Wow. Aaron Skinner comes on the podcast one time, just ruins Aaron Bishop. (laughs) How else can I ruin your day? Well, yeah, he did Uh, trade Nick Chubb for him. Not not one for one. Not one for one. No, not one for one. No. It was the the casual four for four trade. What else? Uh, Josh Allen is uh, unexpected to not play this week. That would be huge. Yep. Yeah. Hold on. Let's go back to Cam's team for a second. Um, other than Mahomes, there is not a smash piece on this team. Godwin, good. Kirk, good. Swift, banged up. Jackson, basically Trap. worthless. Yep. Higby, worthless. Herbert, worthless. Yeah, you want so, freaking whack-a-moles. Take the freaking Chicago Bears running back situation. I, I In the free league, I have both of them, and I hate them both. Cam is going to spend some money this week. Um, I think I might have to change my name to Cam's measly five web dollars after this. <laughs> I see Cam uh, very much going out and getting Barkley CD back and may end up getting Dalvin as well. But I feel like Cam is going to have not a fucking dollar left after this week, which I'll be okay with. Absolutely. It would definitely shake up the league. But yeah, I want to quickly look at some teams. Let's just do a quick little rundown. Just to do some predictions, maybe on who is going to go after what. Let's start with Hyde and Zeke. Chad. Chad's got Brady, Diggs, Palmer, Walker, Kamara, Hawkinson. Currently stashing Ramondre on a bye. Uh, I don't really see the pressing need for him to pick up anyone. Joshua Palmer is going to be a fine play in the absence of Keenan Allen. Certainly not a household name, but the current wide receiver one for the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, maybe a pivot from Brady. So I could I see thing, yeah. I could see yeah. him making a play. Uh, let's see. You definitely go guess... for Lamar Jackson if he wants to try to eat that, that buy next week. Lamar's on a buy, and he's already eaten Stevenson. I That would be brave. That's, me. I would see... That's what I mean, though. Like, like Stevenson's back, so he'd still only be eating one buy. Aaron, I know you're not in the TBLC league, um, but Chad specifically said last week that, quote, Justin Fields was his DFS champion and was praising Justin Fields this past week. I could see Chad making a very aggressive play for Justin Fields to get rid of old man Tom Brady. So I fully expect to see Justin Fields on this team. That's my Unless someone else has to say about it. That's my prediction for Chad. Unless someone else has something to say about it, but I don't know if they will because I think Chad has got a couple of bucks here, does he not? Hyde Zeke has a budget of $26, which, based on the remaining teams, is somewhere around Midland Road. I wouldn't be surprised if he unloaded the clip on fields. Be an interesting play. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take a look at who is next. Let's take a look at Mr. Harrett, Hitman. What is Hitman doing tomorrow? Or tonight, rather. Kyler, Evans, DK, Monty, Cordero, Goddard, Debo. He is 100% going to try to eat Mixon's buy, especially after that massive week he just had. He's got Debo and Ayuk. That's uh, interesting. I think he's going to drop Debo. Really? You, need- you think You think he plays Ayuk over Debo? Yep. Ayuk's. I th- Lowest game the last three weeks has been 15 points. 
I think Cam is going to make an aggressive play for Barkley and or Dalvin Cook to get rid of Dave Montgomery. That's my guess. And I'd say he yeah. drops. David Montgomery's got to go. He made a play for me for Dalvin Cook last week. He yeah, tried he to trade me in a uh, bit of a greasy move. But hey, whatever. <laughs> Mike's got 20 bucks left. I'd That's say right. Mike, I'd say Mike is loading a $20 bid into the cannon for both um, Dalvin and Berkeley and praying to God he gets one of them to replace Monty. That's my guess for Mike's team. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, next, your boy, Sean Burke, Dollar Dollar Bill. Herbert, Juju, Lockett, Etienne, Pierce, Olave, Mark Andrews. He ate Mark Andrews by last week. He also picked up Dallas ahead of time. God, he's savvy. Uh, and now is New England on the bye. Will he try to stash both Andrews and the Pets defense with only 10 teams left? I don't see it. I don't see that either. I think could see him not making any waiver claims. Maybe he tries to upgrade Lockett to CD Lamb. Maybe. Um, other than that, this is a pretty reasonable team. So I think Herbert could have a tough matchup. Maybe he makes an aggressive play for a quarterback with a better matchup. What do you guys think? He can definitely upgrade the quarterback. He can't keep two defenses. That's uh, if anybody that's would try to do it, it's it's Sean. I mean, that's to be fair, that's, that's the number one and number two fantasy defense right there in the same team. Yeah. But why so. does he need both? Maybe he's keeping one as trade leverage. What time do they play next week? I'd Give say it. this is a keep away. Dallas got the later game. I'd say this is going to be a hold Mark Andrews and New England all week and then strategically drop them on Sunday. Because the problem is that if you drop them down, they're eligible to be picked up by one of your opponents. So, but I could see Sean not doing a whole lot, but I could also see right. uh, CD Lamb ended up on this team too. Sean's got a bit of a budget. He's got 50 bucks there, does he know? Yeah. Uh, let's see. What's Mr. Spencer going to do? Aptly named Spencer's team. So fucking creative. Right. Uh, well, he's probably going to try to replace Joe Burrow on a bye. Aaron Jones was carted off, could likely miss this game uh, in a bad matchup against Dallas. The only problem with Spencer is that you got to go. Well, Spencer's budget is a butthole, a zero. (laughs) That's why he has Darnell Mooney in his starting lineup. (laughs) Yeah. This team is hurting. That's what happens when you have 40 wide left and spend it all on Travis Kelsey. Again, sexy piece to add, but at what cost? Unloaded the fucking clip. Now all he's going to have are fucking $0 claims in tomorrow. Get all the scripts. Yeah. Good luck with that. He is a vulture for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, at least he knows what he got to do. He can only make zero dollar claims, so there's that. He's making forty five of them every night. Chuck and darts, Davin. Ooh, Davin might be looking to pick up a um, quarterback in the uh, with the information that Josh Allen may miss this game. So it's got Myers and Carter and Boyd and Tucker on a bye. Jesus, Davin is my actually uh, my pick this week to be eliminated. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't exactly come as a shocker. So he has to try to replace half of his starting lineup. Not yeah. even half. The only pieces that are locked in here are Tyreek Hill and Josh Jacobs. Josh Allen, he might have to stash. Got to replace yep. Myers, Taysom Hill, share of the week. Uh, he getting replaced. 
Let's see. Sean McClain, we've already been over his team. I think Sean McClain just gets to comfortably make $0 claims for a kicker and a defense tomorrow because Gerald Everett and A.J. Dillon are not worth stashing. Uh, pretty sexy team, kind of like mine. Back to Davin for a second. Davin's only got $10 left, and his team is depleted. What's he What's he going to fucking do? Love to see it. Davin, buddy, you're toast this week, my friend. You're toast. Whoa. Hot take. That's it. It's not really that hard of a take. Let's go, <laughs> let's go to uh, let's go to myself. What am I doing this week? I've already kind of gone over this in detail. Uh, Jalen Amarad, Jefferson Chubb, Eckler, Ertz not moving anywhere. Foreman may pivot away from him, but it will not be with a waiver claim. So I do have likely in a couple of claims. Where they are going, I do not know, but I can tell you for sure that at the top of my queue is one S. Barkley. The dollar amount is top secret. TBD. <laughs> TBD, you got it. More than $12. More than 12 less than 35 somewhere in between. Again, it's going to be win-win. Either I get Barkley and have Barkley, Eckler, and Chubb, or Cam has to spend enough dollars that I don't get them, in which case I'm okay with that too. Well, I should kind of hold this money because you cannot get Barkley. That's just crazy. <laughs> here, here is my prediction. I don't think Cam unloads this week. I think he's waiting for the double mm. li- double elimination week. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. would have I would have been inclined to agree with you, but Cam literally survived by the slimmest margin ever this week. I think Cam is. Cam he is might on, he might spend a couple, now. but I don't think he's going to go for Monty. I could see Cam coming out of this with like twenty bucks left, but he's going to also come out of it with Barkley and Ceedee Lamb, and maybe even Dalvin Cook too. I think he comes out of it with seventy at least. Ooh, hot take! I that I would be shocked. I'd be shocked. Cam was visibly shook in the group chat, and then fucking was pissed off that he had to sweat it out this morning. I just don't. I think that all the quakes to him being like, not fucking going through this again. I'm a fucking spin up. But uh, that'd be interesting. I'd be interested to see how many dollars Cam's got tomorrow. What do you think, Bishop? You think Cam just unloads the clip? I think he unloads the clip. Yeah. I think yeah. he tries to save himself probably 25 bucks if he can. Mm-hmm. I mean, but no, he has to unload the clip. He has to. Yep. I think if Cam wasn't in the hot seat this past week, I think Cam would just quietly go about adding a couple of pieces. But I think mm-hmm. the fact that Cam was directly in the hot seat this past week and then had to sweat out whether or not he was eliminated this morning, I think that's going to equate to Cam spinning up. But time will tell. I do like that take, Aaron. Let's see. Let's move on to you, Mr. Bishop. What uh, What do you got in the chamber this week? I will tell you exactly what I have in the chamber this week. I know you I got $12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number one, S. Barkley, $10. I guess I can cancel that. <laughs> oh, you can cancel that. I got $10 on Pollard. Well, you don't have to tell us the amounts. Oh, I, I do. I guess it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't really matter. After the fact anyway, right? So That is true. They can fuck me up. <laughs> If you wanted to. Uh, it would, oh man, that would be the ultimate dick move and guarantee that I'd <laughs> never be invited back. <laughs> Aaron just typing it all out in the group chat. <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, I got a bid in for Chase. I got a bid in for Fields. I got a bid in for Hunt. And I got a bid in for Gano. Good old kicker. <laughs> oh, Graham Gano, yeah. 
Uh, you plan on stash and Terry McLaurin? No, no, no. Don't blame you at Philadelphia. That's going to be rough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Interesting. Let's see. Next team. Um, da, 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 da. Cup. Cup. Uh, Cousins, Pittman, Cooper Cup, Gibson, Williams. Oh, my God. This team is a fucking train wreck. Uh, how much money does Cam have? Cameron have rather. Oh, Cameron's got five dollars or four dollars. Hey, Cameron, at least he's alive. Cameron went from having a hundred dollar budget for getting to make claims for two weeks immediately down to four dollars. So I don't think Cameron does a whole lot. I think he's going to make claims for probably a new QB. I don't want cousins at Buffalo. No thanks. Pittman did. Uh, Gibson did. Williams, yeah, you start Williams. Dawson Knox, if he doesn't catch a touchdown, he's dead. DJ Moore has looked better, but yeah. But he got four bucks. Four points last week. He got four dollars. Yeah, the two weeks prior to that, he was huge. So yeah. Team Seiko, hope it's not a double. Yeah. DJ Moore appears to be a whack-a-mole. Ah, uh, yeah, a bit of a whack-a-mole, yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up is, uh, last but not least is cam. I think we already talked about cam's team bishops, 12 measly dollars. Yeah. We already went over cam's team. Yeah. So that's interesting. Some, uh, interesting thoughts there. I'm anxious to see how waivers shakes out. Like I said, I can only really speak for myself. I've put myself with my bid for Berkeley in win-win either. I get Berkeley and he's my running back three, which is fucking hilarious to think about. Or, Cam has spent enough money that he is to get him, which brings Cam down to the rest of us. So win-win for me. You know, you're making a rather large assumption there, right? What do you mean? There's other people with web dollars. Sean could outbid you. For- I understand that. Sean's also a factor, of course. But I'm assuming that sh- that Cam is going to bid enough. I hope Cam bids fucking 51 fucking dollars on him. That would be interesting. That'd be great. Does Cam have? Nope. Sean is the lowest amount of points. So Cam, I would love God, please. If there's God, let Cam bid $51 on Berkeley. I'd be, that would be fucking amazing. Uh, just, but just imagine though, just imagine that Sean goes all in, gets Berkeley and suddenly he has less than 30 web dollars. Uh, Cam's in an even bigger position then. Yeah, I don't I don't know. If he can survive one more week with this web dollars, he controls his destiny going that stretch. Yeah, but Nobody we were, can stop we were one point one points away from interviewing Indeed. Cam. Not no right now. not even. One play, three yards. One point yeah. one is when it, what it ended up. It was even yeah, closer right. than that. Yeah. I think you should be happy that it ended the way it did because I really thought if Drake cut the first down there that you were going to take the lead and then lose it on two kneel downs. That would have been even better. That would have been. I'm, I'm all about the chaos, man. I'm all about the chaos. This league, I just it it embodies just, just the most insanity you can ever have playing fantasy football. Yeah, so and I'm I've got about... some ideas for next year. But before I get into my so ideas. Do I. For next year, this is something I wanted to bring up on the show as well. My co-host, Mr. Bishop, alluded uh, earlier in our conversation that he wanted to discuss a feature to bring up for next year. Why don't you bring that up, sir? What are you thinking? Thank you. Well, Mr. Aaron Skinner, I know that you would like this idea, but Mm -hmm. I think 
that WAB dollars should be tradable next year. I, I thought that was already something that we were going to put up for a vote. Yeah, that's going to come up for discussion for sure. 100%. One more layer. Honestly, me and Bishop have talked about this on the podcast um, at length, uh, but I can bring it up again. This pool is 100% becoming my favorite pool, even over my love child TBLC. I love the standard redraft every year, but something about this league, man, this is a fucking special beast. This league is constantly evolving every year, man. There's so many new layers, you know, one team is good one year, then they're fucking eliminated early next, you know, Megan's had two great runs in the fucking guillotine league. Then she's suddenly out early in year three. What the fuck is going on? You know, there's so many storylines. Like this league started out, like everyone was terrified to fucking trade. And then like somebody made like a one for one wide receiver trade. It was like, Oh, okay. And now man, we're talking fucking 87 trades a week in this pool. It's fucking lunacy. Yeah. But if you can trade web dollars, you will see guys like Monday night game being like, I need your number one wide receiver and you're already safe. I'll give you 50 web dollars for them. Yeah. Bingo, bango. Yeah. You're web going to see dollars. shit like that. Oh, yeah. Web dollars will add a whole other layer. Now, I'm not one to just implement things like that. So we will take it to a vote, but I imagine that would be a smash. Yes. Smash it. And um, it came up in conversation too about having like a battle back or a comeback, second chance, whatever, for some limited teams. Well, that's one idea. Yeah. Interesting. If if, uh, it does actually go in that direction, then the people should have to pay another 10 bucks or whatever they want to get back in. They want to have a chance to come back in 10 bucks. (laughs) Where you buy? Yeah. Sure. that's that's fine enough. But I was also thinking another idea to add to the chaos. You were discussing maybe next year you'd have two double elimination weeks. What if you have a week randomly where nobody gets eliminated? Interesting. A non-elimination leg, like Amazing Race. I like it. You think you're out? No, sir. Interesting. God yeah. Damn. Interesting. That is that is unique. We could do that, um, but it would have to be. Hmm, that is interesting. I you can keep the amount of teams the same, and you could right. potentially have a week then where the last place per team lives and the second last team dies. I, I have to explain that. I don't get that. So the double elimination technically is for the second last team, last place team to get eliminated. And the regular elimination is the last place team. So if we have our savior week, that would save the last place team. And if it's the quote double elimination week, that means the second last team gets eliminated. That would be, uh, I don't know about that. That's, wild. I, I Absolutely like, wild. Theoretically, that's, that's a way you could do it. Right? I mean, if Just nothing else, ultimate then, chaos. It, then ultimate it's not, chaos. you know, I don't, are we going to give managers reverse Uno cards to be like, sorry, I'm not. Well, this is what I mean. Fuck you. Like, but uh, the odds of that happening are almost zero. It's like a one yeah. in 19 chance or whatever. I do. I, weeks. one thing I am going to table next year. I know I just added Chad this year to be like, Hey guys, uh, 19 teams, double elimination week, figure it out. Uh, for the addition next year, I will put that to a vote, but I like the idea of bringing in 20 teams and then having two scheduled double elimination weeks, say, week five and week 10 or week six and week 12, something along those lines. 
or why should it be scheduled? Say that again. What? One triple elimination. Sorry. One. Oh man. Sick. <laughs> this is what I mean. Like, keep it random. One. Keep it random. Triple elimination week. Yeah. Right. Fuck. <laughs> and these possibilities. This is why the league is so awesome because the, the possibilities are limitless with this league. So I mean, so you have one week where you save somebody, and you have two weeks where teams get eliminated. And if Man, they stack, a triple elimination week would be the sickest fucking week. <laughs> the waivers. Everybody was saving their wa- waiver dollars for that. The waiver happens be like I can't imagine. Happens like week fourteen. There's like six teams left. There are definitely some <laughs> ideas to spin. I, I I do like the idea of bringing someone back to, you know, you bring in another team, like say there's a random week, like whoever was eliminated in the previous week gets to come back or do like go like Facebook live and do a drawing or some shit, mm-hmm. you know, and then they get like the average amount of waiver dollars back and they get to pick their oh. team's. No, no waiver dollars. They no take dollars. it directly from the scraps. Right. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of, I mean, there's a whole different. Anything you can do, man. Right. Anything you can I do just love the, the evolution of this pool. Like, I feel like TBLC has kind of been perfected. You know, like I tweak some things here and there, but for the most part, it's been the same pool for the last like five years you know nothing really changes i flirted with the idea of making tblc an unofficial 13-man league where the 12th place team would be relegated for a season the 13th man comes in and then whoever got relegated would get rotated back in the following year so that nobody was like permanently relegated like oh thanks for playing you're never going to make it back you know somebody suggested the idea of a farm league where the winner of the farm league got promoted and the last place team got demoted like the premier league right but in that situation somebody might never make their way back you know i'm okay with a 13-man league if i finish last one year i am 100 okay with taking a year off and watching tblc from the sidelines knowing that in the next season I'm going to be back, but I don't like the idea of being relegated and possibly never, ever coming back. I don't like that at all. Other than that, the point is, is that other than that, like there's only so much you can do in a standard 12 man redraft league, you know, but with this league, man, the sky's the fucking limit, man. It's fucking wild. So where you get to try out all the insane ideas that pop into your head, all the insane ideas. So, Definitely, definitely the wheels turning. This uh, the addition of the 19th team and the double elimination week this year has just been like blasting the doors off. You know, like now, like all kinds like of said, creative ideas. I I never felt any stress whatsoever in sleep. Like I embraced the chaos. But that morning, when you're just like, "Am I going to get myself axed as well as the second last team?" That was the most stressful part for me. So let you sweat that four hours right and if it was a scheduled double elimination week i wouldn't be able to do that somewhere exactly so you know i don't see why you schedule it right why cam's like it? cam's like why do i have to wait i'm like because you have to wait motherfucker <laughs> yeah <laughs> so anyway you say so lots of ideas to put forth anyway we only got a couple of minutes left aaron give me a quick prediction as to who you think or sorry brother aaron rather Give me a quick prediction as to who you think is going to go down this week. 
Uh, I'm going to take you. Just well, fuck you. Just because. Just you think my team is going to. No, just because I hope they do. Because fuck you. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Well, that's me. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, see you on the weekly fantasy roundup sometime in the near never. Um, and I'm going to predict. I'm going to predict one Cameron Blair cup cup goes down this week. I just don't like what he's going on. Got going on. Only got four bucks. So interested. To see anyway, Aaron Skinner. Thank you for joining us on the podcast, sir. Glad we to could be here. Finally get you on. It's about time. Mr. Bishop. Pleasure as always, sir. Yes, sir. As always. Thank you. Again. Keep right, sticking on the ice. Thank uh, you much. No, this is, this is football, not hockey. Keep, Keep your, your balls through the uprights. What the fuck am I supposed yeah, to keep say? Your ball on the field. Head up at the blue line, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, fellas. Enjoy your evening. Take care. Have you too. Later. You. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Fantasy Roundup. You can contact us anytime via email at the Weekly Fantasy Roundup at gmail.com.